Join us on August 6th for Family Sunday. It's a family-friendly service with guest speaker Eric Hamp. Child care is provided for kids three and under. There will be prayer for all students heading back to school at the end of service. And then Aqua Grande will follow the 10 a.m. service on the East Lawn with water games, obstacles, and competitions. Free food will be available for lunch. Funnel cakes, water, and pop will be available for purchase as well. Flyers and sign-up sheets are at the Nerve Center. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you here tonight. How's everybody doing? All right, good to hear it. Welcome, first-time visitors. Make sure that you take your phone out and scan that little QR code in front of you or go visit the Welcome Center. If you're live streaming, thank you for joining us. We miss you. You're in our prayers and thoughts. We look forward to having you in here next time it's possible. I have good news. We only need to collect 111 more boxes of tissues to donate to the local schools. So who thinks they can bring in five more boxes? Yeah, who can bring in 10? I bought some, and then the next thing I knew, my kids had opened them and were using them. So I have to go buy some more, but we only need 111 more boxes, and we just have until July 26th to complete that. So if everybody could pass the word along, you can even Amazon ship them directly to the church. You know, um, Tissues are important. They're important for wiping tears of joy, tears of sorrow, and all the things that kids experience at school, which is something that's very dear to my heart as a teacher. And I know that many times we don't realize the depth of hurt that these children bring into school. And it's something that's always heavy on my heart during the summer as I think about kids at home and they're not receiving the love and nurturing of teachers. So if you're a teacher, thank you so much. If you work in the school system, thank you so much. You are in our prayers. We hope that summer is restful for you. And speaking of rest, I've been reading um, an Oswald Chambers book about peace and rest. And he was comparing the, the rest and peace of your body when you sleep, which is actually a very active time. Your body is healing and processing while you're sleeping to the rest that Christ offers and that he will bring you restoration and that he will heal your soul while you rest. So even though sometimes we feel compelled to be busy, that's how I am during the summer. I'm always busy. I'm doing something all the time. But there is times when we need to rest. And Wednesday night is one of those nights when I force myself to be here. I know that sounds terrible, but I, I require my presence in this body of Christ to be refreshed and to rest. So tonight, as you're here in your small groups or in the main house, we pray that you receive that rest and that restoration. Let's open with a word of prayer and then start some praise. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to your presence like lambs being led to places of rest, Lord, that you will restore our souls, that you have a purpose for us and that you want to give us an opportunity to be refreshed so that we can pour into others. We ask that tonight we would be poured into in your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together.
Let's sing this out tonight, church. 
come like pour a fresh anointing in this place come like the fire again Lord come like a burning flame have your Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. You know how blessed you are to be in the house of the Lord today? You are blessed more than what you realize. Hallelujah. This is a good place to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I get the honor of taking up the offering today. And um, one of the things that I was looking at was the word honor. And, and honor, if you look in the dictionary, means to regard with great respect. How many people want to honor God today? Amen. Amen. And so then I looked up dishonor, and it's to bring shame or disgrace. It is uh, humiliation. And so I got to looking at those two things, and so... I started reading the Bible, and I read in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, and it says, whatever you do, uh, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. How many people agree with that? So that simply means everything about us is to bring glory to the Lord. Now, we're here to talk about tithes and offerings. Watch out now. So if everything that I do, I'm meant to bring him glory, then guess what? When I give, 
I do that to give him glory as well. Can we say amen to that? And I want to honor him. I don't want to dishonor him. So it's kind of like this. You know, my, my, my son, our oldest boy, he has a basketball rim, and, and we live in a cul-de-sac, and, and, and he, that's his basketball rim. So one day we came home, and there were like 15 kids playing basketball on his rim. And some of them weren't kids. I mean, some of them were grown men. Some of them looked like they were grandparents, you know. And I'm like, and we're like, who are, and we didn't know who they were. You know, it's like, who are these people? And, 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 and someone were dunking on the rim. And, and, and so my son went out there and said, now listen, that belongs to me. Now, now, I want you to know, I was standing in the driveway as a proud father, and I, and I had his back in case he needed me, you know. But, but this 14-year-old this boy said, that's my basketball rim, and if you want to play on it, you, you have to get my permission first. He said, and I don't allow people to, to play on my rim when I'm not home. And so he just kind of set the standard because that rim belonged to him. Well, I was reading the Bible and it was telling me in Leviticus 27 that the tithe is holy and it belongs to the Lord. So what hit me was I can't just do with the tithe whatever I want to do. So in other words, I can't determine, well, you know what? Yeah, my, my salary this month was X amount and 10% of that is this, but I'm only going to put this much in. I'm not allowed to do that. As a believer, as someone who's given my life to Christ, that's not, that's not my call to make. Kind of like my son when he said, hey, that's my basketball rim, and here are the rules regarding my basketball rim. And to this day, nobody has touched his rim, you know, <laughs> unless he's out there. So I'm going, my gosh, if we can set rules and, and abide by them and, and have standards when it comes to materialistic things, how much more should I have that mindset toward the things that are holy? And Leviticus 27, 30 says that the tithe is holy. So you know what? Let's treat it as such. When I come in the house of the Lord, God, this belongs to you. God, I, I took that out before I did anything else. Before I spent a dollar on anything, I set aside what belongs to you because it's yours and it's holy. And then the Bible says if we do this, then our barns would be filled. So let's just be who we are. Any believers in the house? Well, if you're a believer, you're a tither. Can we say amen to that? And if you're a tither, then you understand that that's not yours and it's holy. Come on, somebody say holy. Yeah, that's what we're about. That's who we are. So let's pray over your giving today. Father, in the name of Jesus, as people just be who they are, just believers, just walking in faith. God, I thank you that they give what belongs to you and then you in turn, because of your goodness and your mercy and your grace, you bless them so their barns, their house can be filled. So God, I thank you for the harvest that's coming forth from this act of holiness that we are participating in today. And with that, we give you thanks. We, we give you honor and we say amen. So you can bring your tithe unto the Lord. 
and those that are part of small groups are dismissed. The rest of us will hear from Pastor Philip Walker. Amen. Praise the Lord. Am I on? Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, there's some people who have let me know that my voice is big enough that I don't even need a microphone. Amen. <laughs> but I just want to start tonight by saying, first of all, it's my honor and a blessing to be here with you tonight. And I want you to know that I'm honored to be able to preach the word in your presence tonight. And just thank you for being here because I just want to talk with you tonight about identity and God's goodness. And the first thing I want to remind each and every one of us is that when we think about the world today, they say there's about 8 billion people in the earth today. And I want you to know that every single one of us has our own identity. In the natural, we have our own DNA. We have our own fingerprints. You know, even if you have a biological twin, you still have your own individual characteristics and identity. First of all, I want you to know that when you think about not just the 8 billion people that are on the earth today, but the fact that this goes throughout generations of people being born, that God himself has never duplicated anybody's identity. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I want you to know that if we're not careful, we will underestimate the true value of who we really are and how important it is that we walk in that identity and that relationship with the Lord because I want to tell you tonight that without fail, the Word of God says that the Lord's will is that every person would be saved. I want you to know something that that lets us know right away that God's intention for every person that's alive and breathing and every person that has ever had the blessed opportunity to live life, that God has a plan and a purpose for every one of him, every one of us, and his desire is that we'd come into relationship with him. I want to remind you that from the beginning of creation, even in the beginning when the Lord was creating the heavens and the earth and when he first put Adam on the earth, I think it's powerful to remember that the Lord came and walked with him at the end of every day. Huh. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to understand something right now that the Lord wants nothing more but to be in relationship with you, to be in communication with you, and to be in a relationship with you. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. We're just going to look at some things tonight in the scriptures, and I just want to share with you first out of the book of John, and we're going to stay in John 
for a lot of references tonight, but I just want to start in John chapter 8, and I just want to look at a scripture here that I think is very critical to us, and it says this in the Bible. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I like to really be careful here because we'll say the truth will set you free. And that's true because once we find out that Jesus Christ is Lord and we take him and receive him as Lord and Savior, we are supernaturally set free and we are changed in a moment of time. But I also want to remind you that the Bible says that we don't just change once, does it? It says that when we pursue the Lord and we look at in a mirror as in a glass, that we change from glory to glory. Amen? And I want you to know that I thank God that what that means is, is that you on your journey and your relationship with the Lord should be and should have an expectation that you're going to change and mature and grow. Remember, the Bible says that when we're just born again, we should, like newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word. Amen? But then the challenge is that eventually we got to eat the meat of the Word. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to get there in a few minutes, but I just want to stay here for just a few minutes because I want you to know something, that the Bible says the truth will make us free. Remember, the Lord works upon us line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And I want you to know that the Lord has the love, the compassion, and the patience to walk with you on your destiny and on your journey. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I recently got to spend a lot of time with my grandbabies, and one thing I understood is that the Lord has given me strength, patience, love, and mercy to deal with them even more, it seems, even more compassionately than I did my own son. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. But what I really want to declare unto you tonight is that we need to make sure that we have confidence in who we are in the Lord. You know, the Bible doesn't say that we have to come tiptoeing or come in fear with the Lord, the Bible says that when we come to the Lord, we should come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can receive his mercy in our time of need. And we're going to look at some people tonight who received the mercy and the goodness of the Lord. And I want you to know that in each and every day, the Lord's mercy and goodness is available to you. One thing that I love about the word is that it says that the Lord doesn't change, does he? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what that should give us confidence in is that when we read the Word of God and we see how God patiently moved in people's lives, we can have a confidence and an expectation that the Lord will move with us. If he did it then, he's done it throughout. He will do it now, and he'll do it as we move forward. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I, I like this scripture again because it says the truth will make you free. That means that as you pursue God and as you pursue the word of God, that word is going to change you and grow you every time you read it. Every time you use your faith to build your relationship with the Lord, he's going to faithfully walk you through every moment of every day and every time you seek him, he's going to be there available to you. I thank God that when I read the Word of God over the years, I've noticed that I will read the same scripture 
And something different will speak to me out of that scripture. And what that shows you is what the Bible says, that the word is spirit and life. Praise the Lord. You know, I love it because in Psalms 139, it says, Lord, in your word are all my members made. Praise the name of the Lord. What that really means to us believers is that just like God spoke to the earth in the beginning that was without form and void and desolate until the word of God spoke to it, guess what? That there is a portion of who we are that if we don't build our relationship with the Lord, we're never going to discover the totality of who he meant for us to be. Hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why the Lord says that when I come, I give you life and I give it to you more abundantly. Because when the Lord gives us life, he releases peace into our life. Amen? He releases joy into our life. Amen? He releases a strength into us. You know, what's powerful is that sometimes I know we get challenged in this life and we have struggles and we have difficulties, but you know, that's even better because the Lord says in the word that when we become weak, whoo, in him we become strong. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. And so we're just going to look at some things tonight in the word of God. And the first thing I want to remind you is in the book of John chapter 5, there's a man who was had an infirmity on him for over 38 years. And he was by the pool of Bethesda, which was a pool where angels would come, and when it was stirred, people could reach to that pool. And when they reached to that pool, they were healed. And there was a man there that could never make it to the pool. And I think it's such a gracious story because the Lord in his busy schedule and all that he was doing, he took the time to walk and interact with that man. And the man even tried to explain to him, Lord, I try, but other people get there. I don't have anybody to help me. And Jesus just ministered to him and basically asked him if he was willing to be healed and pick up his bed. And the man picked up his bed after 38 years of infirmity, and he was able to walk away from there in a way that he'd never been able to. And it's amazing because the Lord said one thing to him when he ministered to him and when he got him all healed. He said, go and sin no more. Praise the name of the Lord. In other words, the Lord said, I didn't just heal you physically, but I've put you in a position where now you can live your life in a liberty that you've never known before. Remember, the Bible says that those who are free are free indeed. And I thank God that Romans chapter 8, 1 says that for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I'm going to give you a few examples, but I just want to stay in this one for a minute because the Lord said to this man, hey, now that I've come, now that I've interacted with you, now that you've been changed, what I really want you to do is I want you to leave behind the identities of your yesterday. I want you to leave behind limitations. I also want you to leave those things that are destructive and not good for you because I want you from this day forward to live in the blessing, the goodness, the courage, and the power of what I have for your life. I want you to know something tonight that what's so powerful for each and every one of us is that 
the Lord saves us, fills us, strengthens us, and then he has an expectation for us to journey with him. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. I just want to let you know tonight that the Lord wants to journey with each and every one of us. I want to remind you that in John chapter 8, there's another story where the Lord said, go and sin no more. And in this particular story, there's a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, which we know the Lord doesn't put his blessing on those kinds of things. And what's so amazing is that back in those days, there's actually a law out there that said when people were caught doing such transgressions that they would be put to death and either with a sword or by stoning. And so they really wanted the Lord to bring accusation against this lady. But what is so powerful is that the Lord got silent and the first thing he said is those who are without sin cast the first stone. And here's what I want you to know is that when the smoke cleared and when the dust cleared, it was just the Lord and that lady and he said, hey, where are all your accusers? And she said, there's none here. And he said, neither do I accuse you. He said, now I want you to go and sin no more. You know what's so powerful about these two different stories is that we have a man who is impaired by no ability of his own. And then we had a lady who, even though she should take accountability for her actions that put her where she was at, the powerful thing is that the love of the Lord was able to connect with both of them right where they were. You know what's so powerful about God's goodness is that just like each one of us are individuals, and just like each one of us are individually designed by the Lord and are never going to be duplicated, I want you to know that what that reflects is that the love of God knows exactly who we are. He knows right where we are. He knows what we need. And the Lord is able to minister to us right in the middle of our situations. Hmm. You know, it's powerful because the Bible says that the Lord knows the thoughts he has towards us. The thoughts of good and not of evil. Hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to know that one thing I want to make sure that we have in our identity tonight is to know that without fail, the Lord loves us. Remember, the Bible says that we didn't come to him because we first loved him. No, no, we came to him because he first loved us. And what I want you to know is that the goodness of God is a part of your identity from this day forward because God declares who you are. Amen? God declares what your value and what your worth is. And we see that you are so important to the Lord that he sent his only begotten son to pay a price that you or I could never pay. And he did that so that we could walk in the ability of his goodness. Amen? And I just think it's so important for us to realize that when the Lord found someone in a situation that they didn't bring upon themselves, and when the Lord found someone in a situation where they made wrong decisions, his request to both of them was the same. Now that I have loved you, now that I have moved in your life, the request I have for you is go now and pursue who you really are in me. You know, tonight... I just, by the power of the Lord and in the goodness of God, I pray right now that the Lord would break every moment of condemnation off of us. 
That the Lord would break every moment of insecurity off of us. That the Lord would break every moment of wrong identification on us or where the enemy tries to make us feel less than or insecure or fill us with anxiety or fill us with fear instead of joy and peace and an understanding that the Lord is with you now to bring you into goodness and to build you a hope and a future. You know, I think it's so important here for us to remember that the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, that now there is for those who are in Christ Jesus no more condemnation for those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. You know what I love about this is that it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. Remember, the Bible also says, hey, my little children, sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate in the Lord who's faithful to forgive you. Praise the name of the Lord. You know why the Lord speaks to us about not walking in condemnation? Is because the Lord does not want you to spend too much time and sorrow and get yourself stuck in a place or an identification that doesn't belong to you. The best thing you can do, I remember one time my wife, she got a little frustrated with me. She says, because it seems like even when you mess up, it doesn't stop you. You just go on. And I said, oh, no, no, no. It's this. Once I repent and believe in the goodness of the Lord, you nor I got time for me to stay where I was. I need to bring the blessing on you, honey. I need to be prosperous so that you are taken care of. And I got to tell you something, that no condemnation means this, that on the journey with the Lord where the truth is making us free, we're going to come into moments where we discover that there's some attributes and some characteristics and some natures that we're reflecting that are not what God would want for us. Praise the name of the Lord. When's the last time you were in the store and got frustrated about someone or something? Praise the name of the Lord. Or how many of you sometimes during your day, you can get the wrong phone call from the wrong person and before you know it, there's a cloud on your day. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to understand something, that the Lord makes us free. That means that we're constantly going to come into moments where the Lord shows us things that he wants us to move away from for the benefit of who we are in him. Amen? But when we come into these moments, I want you to know something that you can't have condemnation on you about them because the Lord doesn't want you to stay stuck there. I want you to know that the other day, my little dear grandbaby, he is a wild child. Boy, he has energy. And I tell you what, he uses it, he jumps, he runs, and while he's jumping and running, of course, he falls, he gets hurt, and he gets boo-boos. And the other day, we were sitting there, and just out of the blue, he said, Papa, look at this boo-boo. He said, you know, I can't be handsome because of this boo-boo I have on me. And I said to him, I said, JJ, look at that little spot on you. I said, do you think that one little spot can take away all the J.J. Strong beautifulness of who you are? And all of a sudden, he got restored and said, no, Papa, it can't. And I want you to understand something. I'm saying this to you because I want you to know something. Not that when we have wrongs and challenges in our life that they're not significant. But I don't ever want you to see those challenges 
or those things that we need to change as bigger than who you are in the Lord. You know, the minute I said that to my grandson, it's like the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Philip, now you're starting to understand how I view you in me. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to know something, that the things that we have to change, they aren't insignificant, they do mean something, but in the big picture of the Lord, I don't ever want you to overemphasize those things that are trying to challenge your life. You know, I want to talk to you about another man in the Bible, and his name is Blind Barnabas. And I want you to know that this man was blind since birth. And all of a sudden, one time he heard that Jesus was right there near where he was. And blind Barnabas started calling out, Son of David, please have mercy on me. And you know, there were some people around blind Barnabas that said, Hey, whoa, 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 shh, stop. Well, don't bother him. And this is what I want you to know about your identity. You are so important to the Lord that I hope you have the same heart as blind Barnabas. Because even though he had a crowd of people telling him to shut up and not bother the Lord, that basically saying the Lord is too busy to deal with you, you've always been blind, you've always been this insignificant person, you've always been who you are, just stay where you're at. Even though they were saying that to him, you know what? Blind Barnabas got the boldness to cry out louder. Hmm. He came boldly to the throne of grace in his time of need. And as a result, I want you to know what happened is that the goodness of God fell on blind Barnabas. And all of a sudden they said, hey, whoa, the Lord is calling for you. Even those people that were telling him to shut up in a moment of time with the Lord's favor on him, they started changing their tunes and boy, okay, he's calling for you. And the Lord said to him, what can I do for you? And what's so amazing is that even before he got to the Lord and had that conversation, you know, back in those days when someone was going to beg or when someone was in a place of impairment, whether they had infirmities in their legs or they had blindness or deafness and they were allowed to beg, they would wear certain clothes that would signify and identify them. And it says that blind Barnabas, he got up and he took his coat off. Huh. It's amazing before. Because the Lord had so touched him, even before he got to him to have a conversation, he made the decision that he was not going to wear the clothes of his yesterday anymore. Praise the Lord. I'm speaking to you tonight. Some of us may still be carrying baggage from our yesterday. Some of us may still be hindered by the words people spoke over us when we were younger. Some of us may still be carrying an experience that has us limited and has us identified as something that the Lord no longer wants for us. Because the Lord interacted with blind Barnabas and he said, what can I do for you? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And immediately he was made whole. Tonight I want to encourage you 
that with no condemnation over your life, go boldly to the Lord with whatever may be hindering you right now and just ask the Lord to help you right where you're at. Not only will the Lord be faithful to you, but you will see the results of his goodness. You will see the change. Things will lift off of you, and the goodness of God will flood your life even more. I want you to know that I thank God for this because when I first got saved and I really rededicated my life to the Lord because I had done that when I was young, and then by the time I got to college, I got away from really pursuing what the Lord had for me. But when I re-engaged the Lord and I really got saved in a dark moment in my life, I said to myself, huh, if the Lord can bring this kind of refreshing and this kind of change when I'm completely in an opposite direction from him, what would happen if I became consistent at pursuing him? What could he do if I was living the way he wanted me to live? If he's done this much for me and I ain't even living right, what can he do if I truly dedicate myself to living for the Lord? Praise Jesus. You know, I just want to speak to you for a minute. That blind Bartimaeus had to go against every voice that was speaking negativity to him. And I want you to know that it's critical for you to know who's speaking to you because the Bible says, as it is, there's so many different voices in the world and none of them without significance. You have to be careful to make sure that you're hearing those things of faith and that above all, you're hearing the voice of the Lord for your life. I'll never forget one time that I was working a job and I was believing God for promotion and all of a sudden an opportunity came up for me to have a different job and a, and a more bigger responsibility and I put my name in for it. And somehow one of my big upper bosses came and he just opened up my door and he said, Philip, I see you put your name in for this job. He said, I want you to know, he said, that the company's going through a lot of changes right now he says, and what I'm concerned about is that you get this job and you don't do it right and a spotlight's going to be upon you and it could end your career. And I got to tell you something, this guy was six foot five, six foot six, and he had a deep, heavy voice and he was just speaking to me. And for a minute, I started thinking, uh-oh, but then all of a sudden, I heard something in my spirit. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And before I knew it, I just told him, well, I appreciate your concern, but I'm confident that I finished where I'm at right now and I'm prepared for this next job. So I thank you for your concern, but I also think that this is the direction I should go. And he said, okay, and slam the door. Well, Two weeks later, guess what? I was in that job. And I was working. And I wasn't working on my own strength because the Lord had helped me get there and I needed the Lord to help me stay there. Amen? And all of a sudden, within the first 30 days of doing that job, 
That guy opened up my door again. I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And he said, Philip, I'm glad you didn't listen to me. You're doing a greater job at this than the guy that was here before you. And he slammed my door again. Praise the Lord. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that if Phil Walker had have responded out of my natural instincts, I could have missed a moment and an opportunity and stayed in the identity that I had. I want you to know something, that when you step into what God has for you, sometimes we have to accept the fact that with change and with faith and with change from glory to glory and with the opportunities that the Lord wants to present to you, sometimes challenge is going to be a part of it. Remember that the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, now my servant Moses is dead. I need you to rise up. And then he challenged him several times and said, Be thou strong and courageous. Only be thou strong and courageous. Keep my commandments. Follow me. Because then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. I want you to know something. Joshua had to rise up. With all the fear that was around him at that time, because Moses had died and Moses had been such a great leader, he had to rise up in the middle of that situation and he had to step forward. You know, it's just like the people that had to cross the Red Sea. You know, if you go back and read that story, you will find out that they weren't sitting there saying, yes, this is great, this is glorious. God, we're glad you're here. Part the Red Sea for us. No, it says that when they got there, they looked up and the Egyptians were pursuing them and fear overtook them. And you know, they even looked at their leader and said, my goodness, why did you bring us here so we could die? We even told you before we left Egypt that we should just stay there. (laughs) And then the Lord even spoke to Moses and said, Moses, Why are you being fearful? Why are you looking at me? He said, stretch forth that staff that I've given you. And the minute he did, the plan of God went into motion. You know, I want to talk to you tonight about the fact that right now, your identity is in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 says that when we come into the Lord, we become new creatures. I want you to know that old things are passed away and we're brand new. And even sometimes when we don't feel like it or we don't recognize it, I want you to understand something. You're stronger than who you think you are. You're more important than who you think you are. Remember, the Bible says this, that when a believer does something in the name of the Lord, it says that even if you were to give a glass of water in his name, that you won't, relieve your, that you won't lose your reward in heaven. Huh. How important are you if a glass of water can make a difference? The Lord can notice it. Remember, the Bible says that a sparrow can't fall to the earth without the Lord's awareness. How much more so? Is the Lord aware of you? Praise the name of the Lord. 
I want to remind you tonight this thing also. You know, it was amazing because David, before he was a king and he had to go up against Goliath and he was going to slay Goliath, King Saul tried to give him all of his armor and all of his garments and his sword and tried to give David everything. And you know, David wasn't comfortable with that. David said, no, no, I don't know these things. He says, I need to stick to what I know and what I've done in the Lord. You know, another man, Samson, he picked up the jawbone of a donkey and went to battle with it. And I want you to understand something. That sometimes we believe that we need more than what we have to be effective in the Lord. And I want you to know something. What you have is more than enough. Your faith, your prayers, the word of God in you. What you have is more than enough. I want you to know that you're more than capable and able to do and be who the Lord has declared you to be. Praise God. I want you to know that without fail, God has confidence in who you are. I want to remind you that every time we take a look at the Word of God and we read through the story of somebody becoming who they are in the Lord, they always start out in a position just like we do. I want you to know that before Moses boldly spoke to Pharaoh, the Lord assigned Aaron to go with him. You want to know why? Because Moses was too shy to even speak. And the Lord said, hey, I'm going to send Aaron with you till the time comes that you can stand before Pharaoh and speak. I want you to know something that even though I run my mouth now and you guys probably think that I've always been this way, I want you to know that when I was growing up and I was in high school, I was amongst the kids that I had grown up with since kindergarten. We went to a small school and we had all the ages of our school from kindergarten till 12th grade in one building. So I had been around these kids my whole life and when we were in speech class, I was so scared to give up and give a talk in front of them that I was stuttering and I couldn't complete my speech. And before you knew it, I was almost failing my class. But thank goodness the Lord intervened for me. I know that now since I run my mouth all the time, you guys think, I don't know if I can believe that story. But I want you to know something. Change from glory to glory will bring you into the true, authentic identities of who you really are in the Lord. I want you to know that without fail, the Lord will help you right where you're at. I want to remind you of another story of a woman that had an issue of blood. And this issue of blood, this bleeding persisted on her for an extended time. 
And you know, the Bible says that she went to all the doctors. She went to all the physicians. She went and did everything that they told her to do. And I just want to encourage you tonight that if you've been on a journey where you've done all that you know to do and it still hasn't changed, I want to remind you of this woman who had tried everything. And I want you to know that back in her day when she lived, if you had a blood issue, you had to stay away from everybody. You had to be quarantined, so to speak. Hallelujah. And you couldn't be around anyone. And this woman got the boldness in her heart to believe, man, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I believe I could be made whole. And what's amazing is that with just that one word in her spirit, she went out to pursue the Lord. And of course, as it was, there was a big crowd and she just kept pressing and pressing and pressing. And finally, she reached forward and touched him. And it says immediately she was made whole. What was amazing is that with all those people around, Jesus said, hey, who touched me? And his disciples said, Lord, with all these people around, are you kidding me? Who touched you? But what Jesus was really saying is that, no, 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 there's a difference between this crowd that's here and a person that's reaching out towards me with all the faith, with all the hope, and with all the focus they could have. Praise the Lord. I want you to know something that don't ever let your mind believe that the Lord is too busy to meet your need. You know, one of the things that I notice as a, a pastor is, is that sometimes people get a hold of me and they say, oh, I don't want to bother you. I know how busy you are. And right away, I always tell people, stop right there because I want you to know something. The Lord is never too busy for who you are. And I want you to know that when those thoughts and when the hindrances come against us and when we are held back like that, I want you to understand that that's just the plan of the enemy trying to slow you down because the Lord declares, come boldly. Hmm. You know what is so amazing is that the Lord shows us different stories in the Bible so that we know this. Nothing is too big but nothing is too small. The Lord expects you to come to him. He has a desire for you to interact with him. You know, it's amazing because the woman with the issue of blood, even after she received her healing, the Lord kept saying, no, who touched me? And at first she was afraid to say something and she came trembling and she said, Lord, it was I. You know, I want you to know tonight that one of the most boldest things that you can do is have the boldness to know that the Lord cares about you and that you can come to him at any moment. You can come to the Lord right where you're at. You know, what I love about the Lord is that when people came to him, he never said, oh, you're not prepared to come to me right now. I don't have time for you. Remember at one scripture, they were trying to hold back children from bothering the Lord. And he said, oh, no, oh, no, let them come to me. I want you to know something that no matter what your age is tonight, 
whether we were just little, <laughs> whether we're teenagers, whether we're young adults or more mature adults, it doesn't matter when or where because without fail, the Lord shows us in the word that he has something for us at every age. I want to remind you that Abraham, when he was 99, was still in need of the miraculous touch of God. Not only was he in need of it, but the Lord was ready to deliver it. I want you to know that as long as you have breath in your body, you should have a confidence to know that God is with you. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Jesus. You know, I want you to know that one time I was dealing with somebody and they were sick. And I tell you, I wasn't feeling too good myself. Praise God. But I went to meet with this person and they said, you know, I don't know. But I just can't praise the Lord like I want to. And I said, you know what's amazing about that? Is I wasn't feeling that good either. And when I came to pray for you, I was worried because I said, Lord, what if I can't speak in a powerful way to come against the devil that's attacking this person? And I said, you know, the Lord showed me. He said, Philip, let me tell you something. A whisper from you with my anointing on it is stronger than the loudest voice in the world. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want you to know something that even when we feel sick or even when we feel weak and definitely when we feel discouraged and definitely when we feel challenged and definitely when we feel like we've been on that journey for a while and we're wearing down and things just haven't happened for us, I want you to know that the end of ourself is just the beginning of the power and the goodness of God. Praise the Lord. I want to remind you of one other thing here, and I want to remind you that there's a time where a young man named David who had defeated Goliath, him and his men were out on another time where they were going after and believing they were sent to go with these kings and to fight and those kings rejected them and told David that they didn't trust him. And David even said to one of the leaders, what do you mean you're rejecting me? What do you mean I can't come and help you? Haven't I been what I'm supposed to be? And the king said, David, in my opinion, you've been as even an angel sent from the Lord, but no favor is with you right now. So David and his men in discouragement and rejection went back to a place called Ziglag where their families were. And when they got there, their families had been stolen away from them. And I want you to know that in the time of trouble, it's critical for you to hold on to your identity. I want you to know that sometimes things are going to come against you and they're going to oppose you and they're going to try to convince you that right now you need to rely on yourself. And I want you to know what happened. David and his men came back and they saw their families gone and they were weeping till they had no more tears left, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, it says that King David's men began to turn on him and thought about killing David. 
a man who they had been with and battled with, all of a sudden it got so desperate that they were thinking about killing him. And I want you to know that David could have picked up Goliath's sword. You know, the Bible says that he's killed his ten thousands. David could have put on his warrior nature and started to fight. But you know what it says? It says that David sought the Lord. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, one thing I want you to hold on to as part of your God-given identity is that just how you went to the Lord for salvation is how you should go to the Lord no matter what battles are going on in your life. And the Bible says that David went and encouraged himself in the Lord. And I want you to know what's so powerful about him encouraging himself in the Lord is that he didn't just have an impact on himself. I want you to know that when he went to the Lord, all those men who were coming against him started to see David's pursuit for the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that David asked, Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, not only shall you pursue, David, but you will overtake and recover all. And what's amazing is that when David stood up in the midst of that battle upon his faith and upon his identity in the Lord, before you know it, those very men who said they were going to kill him started to rise up and follow after David. And it says that it was a hard journey that they went on, but what's so powerful is, is that by the time they came up upon their enemy, the Bible says that they were so strong that they said David defeated his enemies. In other words, that group of men worked with such an identity that people couldn't tell who was David and who else was there. I want you to understand something. That in this journey with the Lord, we should have joy, we should have peace, but we should also know that in this life, we're going to have tribulation. That's what the Bible says. But we should also remember that the Bible says that in the middle of tribulation, the Lord will recover us from all of them. Amen? Praise the Lord. I want to remind you of something that the Bible says. The Bible says this, that in due season... We shall reap if we faint not. Praise the Lord. I want you to know that no matter what you have been facing, if you are at a time where challenge is out in front of you, I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to know tonight that without fail, the Lord sees you. The Lord knows you. You're not by yourself. You're not on your own. I remember one time when I was young in the faith, I received one of those drawings, and it was one of those drawings that showed two sets of footprints walking in sand. And all of a sudden, the story was that when the person was going through the hardest battle of their life, they noticed there was only one set of footprints. And they asked the question, Lord, why is it that during that time of my hardest battle, you left me, there's only one set of footprints. And the Lord said, no, those are my footprints. I was carrying you during that time. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes we talk about the story of Peter. 
And I'll never forget that one of the stories told about Peter is how he failed to walk on the water. But what I really like about that story is if we really read through it, it says that the, Peter asked the Lord if he could come out and walk on the water. And it says that Peter stepped out. And he stepped out and he started to walk. But then like sometimes we do in life, Peter looked around at all the circumstances and all the wind and all the things that was going on. And before you notice, he started to sink. And we leave the story there. But what I like about the story is that all of a sudden, Peter refocused on Jesus. Jesus stretched out his hand, lifted Peter up, and they both walked back into that boat. You know, I want to remind you of something. Just like those people, when it came up to the Red Sea and they started to get fearful looking back and starting to get worried and saying, maybe we should have stayed in Egypt, I want you to know something that in that moment, the Lord overlooked their fear. And the minute they took a step forward, he parted that Red Sea. The minute Peter refocused on Jesus, he was lifted out of that turmoil. And I just want to encourage you tonight to remember that sometimes in the middle of battle, all we need to do is refocus. All we need to do is remember what our identity is. Highly favored and blessed of the Lord. A peculiar people. Those who belong to Jesus. Amen. Those who belong to God. Those who are his and those who are blessed by him. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare your glory tonight. Father, I declare your blessing upon us, Father. I declare your faithfulness, Father. I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you that we need to remember our identity in you, Lord. We need to remember that we're new creatures. We need to remember that we are peculiar, chosen, royal priesthood, Father. That we are yours. That you are our God. You are our Father. And your blessing and your goodness is upon us. And God, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I've enjoyed being with you tonight. And I've enjoyed the presence of God. I want you to know that when I look at you guys, I see faith. I see victory. Some of you, I know your testimonies, and I know how faithful you've been year after year to follow after the Lord, and I thank you for being an example of God's goodness. Amen? And I just want to encourage you tonight to make sure that you're here for Sunday morning. Amen? I believe the presence and the goodness and the power of God is going to be here, and God's going to strengthen us and give us a great service in Him. So I thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. Go and be blessed, and thank you for being here. Amen? If anybody needs prayer, there will be people up here, including myself, that will pray for you. Amen? God bless you.